enter a world where monsters have taken their place among cinematic history, but who are the real monsters? Are they the scaly creatures that haunt our nightmares? Or are they the person you see every day just casually walking down the street? What happens when man outweighs the monster on the screen and creep into our lives and dreams? With our co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicky Ray, and Keith Shago, they will uncover who are the real villains as we explore the classic cinema along with some modern greats and find the monster within us. Welcome to the Colossus Podcast's Eminem Monsters and Madness week. We'll be discussing two films with our theme. And this week we're doing Your Next from 2011 and The Guest from 2014. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got David Cavallo with us. Hello, David. Hi, everyone. We got Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Keishago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Starting with you, David. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you, David? Yeah, so, okay, it's been, I think, a month, a month and a half. So I've had a bit of, um, let's just say, difficult time for this last month and a half. But also lots of things have changed. So the best, greatest thing I can say that I finally moved to London. Finally. Yeah. I've had enough of Finally, you Cambridge. got all your stuff there, all your, everything you need, huh? Yes, yeah, so, so everything is, I, I'm, I've got literally everything with me. Um, well, almost everything. Um, I've got basically a, a dear friend is basically helping me out. So for now, I've got a location of Wine the Center, uh, which is great. Um, I'm working to the my company's uh, office branch in London as well. So that's fine. Um, I missed London so much. You can't even imagine. I feel like a, uh, really? like a child going I around London. Miss I, I do miss Italy still, but London was in my heart. I think of it enough in general of England, but London is a whole different story. Because, you know, they say that London is kind of like the fifth country in this in the United it Kingdom. It is, so kind have, of. Well, you, you have, like, England, which is the worst, and then you have Wales, and then you have um, uh, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and then you have London. <laughs> so I think of it enough of London. London is the only place where inbreeding is not part of the UK. What does that mean? But I really, really miss London. So I'm re-meeting with a lot of my friends uh, that I used to have in London. Uh, that includes also Keith. Um, and I've been meeting with a lot of friends and I'm cycling everywhere. I'm like, I, I feel like at home. I feel like at home. It's nice. So for me, it was like a, also a final test to find out whether I should move back to Italy or not. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's enjoy London because for now I'm just in seventh heaven. I'm, just, I'm a different person. And then I'm I went glad. to... Then I went to Italy to also see my mom because I've had a bit of a very difficult period. I've had a bit of a mental breakdown. Um, I needed to see my mom. My mom is this bowl of holy energy. As soon as I met her, she basically healed me with, and my auntie, the twin sister as well, with just with smileys, awesome. smiles and hugs and food. And Sometimes all a guy needs <laughs> is his mama. Oh, yes. I, I am proudly say that I'm a mommy boy and my mom is the only woman <laughs> in my life. So, well, my auntie as well, because I kind of consider her like a second mother. And then she, I'm not going to lie, she healed me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. And then I went also on a small holiday with my friends. We went four days in Belgium. And then we also had a quick run on a day on to Amsterdam. To We all went with it in... Um, How is good old Amsterdam? Amsterdam. What is, what's it looking like these days? Amsterdam is, well, it's very commercial, very touristic, etc. So, But it kind yeah. of reminds me of a... 
European London. It's very beautiful. We went there when it was great weather. It was nice. A lot of beautiful things and to see. Um, but Belgium as well. Oh my gosh, we went to Antwerp. I've never been to Belgium. A port city. To Belgium is inc- it, it's impressive. We'd never been there before. There was like a sort of like let's explore, let's see. Bruxelles is incredible. It's amazing. It feels like a mix between the northern country because you know like normally normally they say northern Europe is the more modern, more human rights. So um, they say. And so I had that part from Northern Europe, but also the architecture and the food and a good weather from, from the southern part of the of Europe. It was an amazing wedding of cultures. I don't know how to explain. It was beautiful. And then we went That's to... That's a good way to explain it. That makes me want to go now. Jesus, you should be it's, a travel. It's exactly. amazing. And you have no idea that Belgium chocolate is really the best chocolate in the world. Well, everybody over here says Hershey's chocolate. I go, y'all ain't had chocolate. Oh, no, no. Belgian chocolate. I'm sure that you can... Garbage. <laughs> no, 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 no. Trust me. Like, you can find... I'm sure you can find, like, stuff you can order online and shit. Oh, yeah. Shit. But still, nothing's... nothing's better than going to a chocolatier and actually getting their chocolate because that that's a game changer it's just a game changer <laughs> yes they, they have this like all like um, traditional uh, places to do chocolates and all different shapes and colors and flavors and it was incredible and it was all oh amazing i mean and then you get back to the history knowing that all this chocolate is actually comes from like you know slaving countries and it makes you feel sad it's kind of like that oh, shit fuck them so, i like yeah. chocolate um, but I, I, I'm gonna say, I, I, yeah, Belgium I, I, is beautiful. I would like my own slave. I think it'd be nice to have. Oh one. come on, don't be like that. No, we're kidding. The world was built on slavery. It's been going on for thousands of years. Everybody needs to get over it. <laughs> no, no, no. It is. It is. I mean, it happened, and then as long as we remember. I didn't know about chocolate did. though. I didn't know about chocolate was part. Well, of this. there was actually a very interesting thing. They saw this like hand shaped chocolate. Really? So what the stories that that they used to use obviously slaves in the plantations of right. cocoa, etc. And if the if I remember what the story people were in eating the quarters and stuff, they would cut their hands off. So this is like a memory. Oh, of those I, but yeah, I never thought about it. I could see where so that it's, would but it's also a little bit of a racist thing because obviously the chocolate is dark, so the hands are dark. So uh, but now it's very traditional to eat it. I don't know. I, I would think meaning, that the but, hand would be more representational of the hand. Yeah. So the idea that. is the hand. To be honest, the idea of the hand is the hand. So hey, you'll uh, be surprised what they can make out of chocolate. Let me tell you, I've seen some weird shit on the internet. You can have you can a cast of your asshole made in, in Godiva chocolate now, just so you what? know. This, see, see, you this is so this is what I mean. Such <laughs> a things are so unnecessary. I mean it's, it's so unnecessary. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, you can do that. I can't see your bachelor party and... for Christmas. We'll give them in some chocolate <laughs> in the shape of our assholes. Let's say I like more traditional stuff. Maybe not that hands, but Belgian chocolate, really recommended. Amazing. So so all our listeners out there, if you go to our GoFundMe page. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's it for me. That's it for you for that all she wrote, baby. Huh? I guess that's all she wrote for you today. Rohu. Nothing, it's just a saying. Oh, it's a saying. I'm still slow on that side, but it is. You're not slow. (laughs) I need your advice. What about yourself, Bix? What are you up to? 
Not a lot. It's been crazy weather between hail, tornadoes, and extreme heat. We're having an El Nino year. It happens every other couple of years. It's nothing. The climate is not rebelling against Texas. Texas has always been fucked up like this. We always get hail. We always get heat. We always get the other stuff. But now I've just been trying to get my gardens to stay alive. Look at my tomatoes. Aren't they pretty? They're huge. This is a small one. But um, actually, I can do something, Keith. <laughs> I can send you one of those for your birthday in the shape of it. But um, rotten by the time my birthday comes around. I'm born in January, remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. You're fucked. You can order anything off the internet. No, I haven't been doing a whole lot. It's been really because it's summer. No one wants to go on a sit for TV all summer, but the last few days we've been sitting in front of the TV because it's so bloody hot. But I haven't really watched it. I've been I've been going back. I started watching Scarecrow, Mrs. King again. And I started watching Dr. Quinn. I've been watching all these old sitcoms lately. I've just I'm just so sick of the new shit and all of the shit that they push with their shit that I've gone 30 years back. I have regressed. I have totally regressed for the whole month of June. But um what did I watch the other day go? It was um it was called The Highwayman with uh what did he play? Uh Kevin Costner and what he played Woody Harrelson. Is that wait? Yeah, Woody. Woody Harrelson, right? Woody Harrelson's the actor. Woody yeah. Harrelson. He played well, everybody keeps saying he's the guy that got hit in the head with a baseball on cheers. I go, no, that was coach, that was the old guy, but close enough. But I didn't know this, and then I had to look it up because it was an interesting story. You know how they always make Bonnie and Clyde look. You know, like glamorous and everything else. Well, Bonnie and Clyde were glamorous for the, the 30s here in Dallas. I found out a whole bunch of their shit, actually. I even found their graves. They're both buried in Dallas. Bonnie's Parker's buried here, and Clyde's buried, buried two miles down another road. Anyway, I'll be that said that it wasn't all glamorous for them. It was an interesting story. It was about how they, uh, these guys were uh, old Texas Rangers, and because no one could find them or hunt them down. So they got these two old Texas Rangers, and I didn't know this was actually history. And they're the ones that tracked Bonnie and Clyde down. Anyway, it's a really decent story. It was a well-done movie. But I'm just waiting for Indiana Jones to come out, actually. I know everybody said it's probably going to suck, but I'm going to stick with it. I've been watching since Raiders of the Lost Ark. I love Indiana Jones. He's one of my favorite go-to characters ever. But, and I have been reading some weird stuff about Marvel Comics, though. Who played, is it, was it the boy that played the Flash? He was on the red carpet. What's his name? Real quick, Keith. Joe's Ezra, Ezra Miller. Yeah, he had his hair done really weird, long. You know, you know what the Cowardly Lion looked like on, on The Wizard of Oz? That's what he did with it. He did something really weird. And it's almost like he's losing his mind, and it's kind of sad to see. I don't know exactly what happened to him. He's got sex allegations. Is it a sex allegation? Did he, did did he, he actually probably did, do it? Oh, he's been groom. He's been grooming twelve, ten to twelve year olds on the internet, apparently. Um, so, um, and um, and because of that, the Flash is not allowed to be to open its cinemas here in the UK. Really, they opened here, but then again, we're all about grooming kids in the United States. So come on over and groom away. But uh, <laughs> we are. It's true. But. Um, I was trying to figure out, it's just so sad. We were talking about another young actor last week, me and Joe were. It's kind of sad when they, they do so well. They got the world right here, you know, a great career, money. I guess it doesn't buy happiness. I don't know. Maybe you need to be rich when you're more like our age because we know exactly what to do with our money now. And we'd probably uh, actually be happy with millions of dollars. 
Invite women over and ask them to give you a towel. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> then we'll walk in. We'll walk into court with our walker, so as to you know assume some yeah. kind of sympathy from the judge, like Bill Cosby did. That yeah. was funny, though. The two my two favorite pictures of 2021: Bill Cosby with his walker, and then you have the other one. What's his face? Um, <laughs> with the walker, the other director. Uh, you have Weinstein. Yeah, they come to court with walkers. And then well, they, it's a miracle. Then all of a sudden they don't have a walker. Well, it's like Tom Girardi as well. I mean, Tom Girardi, Erica Girardi's like um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's one of them. But he, her husband was, you know, Aaron Brockovich. That's the movie. Oh. So he was the lawyer in that. And come to find out is like none of those people got their money because he's been siphoning money so that he's trying to get caught. No like, kidding. So of course he goes to court. All of a sudden he's got Alzheimer's. Wow. <laughs> it's like you didn't have Alzheimer's or you're stealing all the money though, did you? Like yeah. we're talking like all those cases where you know, like you know that airplane crash with the survivor sued the airline. That right. Didn't get any of the money? All the money went to his account and into her account. So she's going around and around and you know. So the oh, one shit. one season of Real Housewives they they divorced like conveniently at the same time um, that this is all coming out. And so then you have her and Real Housewives talk about how horrible it is to be poor. She has like these million pound earrings that they're going, you need to give those back because we need to give those to survivors. And it's just like. I don't know why anybody, I mean, I love jewelry. I like earrings, but I don't understand why anybody wants three pound earrings on their ear. It's not comfortable. I don't know why she wears all that shit. You have to be careful because if they if they're too heavy, you end up looking like something from National Geographic's. Yeah, but you would think that if they would make it better, gold plate. I I don't really care about gold. I don't wear all that. I like silver, but I don't wear gold. But there's just not a whole lot of the best thing we can say lately is we just get stoned and watch the news because it's so goddamn funny now mm-hmm. that you can't make this shit up. That it's more entertaining than going to the cinema. Yeah. But other than that, now we've just been watching old stuff, and it's hot here. It's it's. Summer just, bam, snuck up our butts real quick here in Texas. But it's okay. We'll live every year, though, as you will see. Exactly soon. What about you, other than being uh, in pain and you guys making fun of us over there? Because I could see you two laughing. Um, no, we've been fine. <laughs> um, we went to coffee last, last weekend and went for a walk. And went to the, we found a um, nursery out in the middle of nowhere. And. Walked around there and got some homemade jams and stuff. And then um and then um Ferris has been has cleared out our garden. So he's been doing gardening out the back. So, oh good deal. You gonna try to put one in this this for the summertime? Yeah, he's he's got he's got the seedlings all started and stuff. So oh good deal, Ferris. Good for you. So he's been doing all that and um yeah, and just working really, so not a hell of a lot. Being schooling on Ferris on Alfred Hitchcock films and stuff like that. So we've been watching some of those. So he's been enjoying those because he's never seen Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, do you like, does he like it? Yeah. So that's about it, really. Yeah, we're pretty boring here, too. It's just been a slow month. And 
And that note, that brings us to Your Next, which is a 2011 American slasher film directed by and edited by Adrian Wingard and written by Simon Barrett. And starring Shanari Vinson, Nicholas Tucci, Wendy Glenn, A.J. Bowen, Joe Swabberg, Barbara Crampton, and Rob Moran. The plot concerns an estranged family under attack by a group of masked assailants during a family reunion. The film had its world premiere at the 2011 Toronto International Film Festival Midnight Madness program and was theatrically released on August 23, 2013 in the United States. The film grossed over $26 million from a £1 million budget and has since gained a cult following. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of your next and be right back. I just want you all to know how much it means to us that you're all here. Thanks to mom and dad. Beautiful. Just a perfect day. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy food and help us to do our part with kind words and loving deeds. Amen. Amen. gets dark, we go home. Is that? You away from the window! Get back, get back. What is happening? I don't see anyone. Why would anybody do this? They've been watching us for days. Podcast. We're discussing your next from 2011, directed by Andrew Wingard. So, David, what's your thoughts of your next? Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Obviously, Here we I'm go. Being... <laughs> so, I didn't know what I watched because it didn't make any sense in my head. The story didn't make. I any watched sense. it twice because the first time it didn't make sense to me. A lot of it, if it makes you feel any better. Maybe I should. Maybe I should have watched it the second time to understand it properly. But if you missed of... something, it was a flyby. Seriously, you oh, had to pay I attention see. to this one. Um, so, if I understand well, the plot to the story is that the two brothers went to, wanted to kill the parents to get the inheritance. Yeah, yeah, they got all Menendez. And they hired these weird killers that make the whole scene. But one of the the wife of one or the girlfriend of one of the brother knew, but not the girlfriend of the professor, the professor yeah. guy. Right. 
And then all went up in the air when the woman, they find out that the girlfriend was a fighter, a survivor or whatever. She and it became all up at a survivalist uh, camp. Of it, was, all it, was, it, it didn't make any sense. At some point, she was setting a trap. She felt like watching the adult version of Home Alone. I had that weird vibe. And, and then at the end, when everybody died and the woman found, found out, the guy was like, Oh, I didn't know you were a survivor, but look about all the money we can have. Come on. And I'm like, are you stupid or something? I just don't know. It just, from my perspective, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, it was just a, again, I'm very biased. I know it's a, it was a very violent movie. There were a lot of scenes and a lot of, um, of violence. And I'm not sure, I, I, again, I don't know the actors. I don't know all the technical knowledge of the movie and the way it was directed, et cetera, and the way it was written. But certain actors didn't feel like they were acting. They didn't give me the impression of being a natural situation. It felt like forced, certain movements, certain way they were looking or talking. It felt like it was a little bit forced. Um, I didn't really enjoy much. Um, personally, I think also was a little Didn't you think when... everybody deserved to die? Everybody was... No, no. let's just say nobody <laughs> deserves to die ever, but... Only the mother, the, the mother, for the love of God, she had some sort of anxiety, and poor woman, she just poor died there, and she didn't deserve it. The father who just went on the rampage of revenge for the wife, unnecessary and weird. It, it's I, I just don't understand. So, from my perspective <laughs> of a just normal movie, I would never ever go to watch to a cinema or even rent a DVD. Or I just it just doesn't make any sense. The plot doesn't was, make any it, sense. It kind of it kind of confused me. Well, see, I, I think I got up a few times the first time I watched it. So yesterday, me and my husband watched it, and it made more sense to me then. Mm. But you're but, right; it, it was very fast. But did you did you see? Did you notice anything that I maybe didn't that gave you some sort of? I mean, I didn't gain any knowledge, any wisdom, any any sort of. It was. Well, Just you know violent... what? Those boards with the nails on there. Now, that's a good idea when I leave my house. <laughs> now, I learned something. I, <laughs> I didn't any, that. No, seriously, I, I about ready to drill some mm. nails in a two-by-four and leave it by the door. <laughs> well, that's like, an, see, do you see? That's what I mean. It was a kind of like a modern adult version of a home alone well, you know like trying thought, to set the props you know, in the house honestly david i thought it was like halloween meets rambo meets the purge because oh yes the purge. Know, oh, they gosh, borrowed the from all of those movies if joe was here he would tell me yup 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 you know because there was a yeah nine. but i mean i think i think I, what this, i mean i think what this is is adam wingard's version at this time when this movie came out there's a lot of these home inver- um, invasion films there was the purge the strangers and the, the list strangers, goes on. Yeah. oh my god the strangers yeah and, and then what I quite what I quite like about this movie is, is that he kind of starts off and it starts out like this, but right. then but what I like about Adam Wingard he turns it on its head. It's like okay A now bit, we, yeah because we, we now we have let's put this girl in there who fights back and keeps her cool and keeps everything together. And what's mm-hmm. funny is that even the family, I mean, it's like when she's doing all that and you got the family going, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> What I, and what I liked about the family is like when they're looking at her going, what the fuck? When you watch the movie for the first time, and I remember even Ferris watching it, and you're thinking, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's what I quite that's what I quite like about it because there's a lot of black humor in this at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's very right? dark. Um, what's quite interesting, the the guy who says he's Tarek, the first guy who gets killed 
Um, Isn't that Ty West? Is that Ty West, West? the director? I knew it. It was driving me nuts, and I meant to look at the credits, and I kept forgetting. I go, I think that's Ty West. Yeah, well, he's Ty West. Yeah, he's making his third, the the third part of the trilogy, isn't he? Maxime at the moment for Pearl. Is he? Yeah, that's coming out. That'll be coming out soon. But um, but yeah, that's Ty West and Adam Wingard and Ty West and all of them are very very close. And a lot of the people in this movie are directors. Yeah, they're they're part of the. They're part of this new surge of um new new directors came out in the 2010. The young actress that played the badass, where have I seen her? She was in Neighbors. She's an Australian actress. Okay. Interesting. She did Home and Away, and um and then she's done other things. She hasn't done too too much actually. She wasn't the young girl on Halloween. That other Halloween H2O stuff was he? Was she wasn't in any of that? Was she? No. Well, she looks vaguely familiar. It's driving me nuts. She looks like somebody who grew up to look like somebody, I guess. The young, the young kid, the young guy who got the food processor on his head, you know, the brother who was- Oh, the- gosh. Let's see. Uh, he had it coming. He needed the food processor on his head. <laughs> Sadly enough, yeah. um, last, last year, uh, he was walking down the street and his heart just stopped and he died. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, gosh. He must have got a couple booster shots. <laughs> yeah, so- <laughs> But um, which I thought was quite sad. But I mean, I that is I, very sad. Young man like that just dropping dead. Yeah. I mean, if you look at this movie, it cost one million to make. Right. And is that relatively? And they used an stuff? antique house that has what? been abandoned for twelve years. That's where they filmed this. It yes. was an old antique abandoned house. And, mo- and most films nowadays cost anywhere between thirty to ninety million to make. We talk because about that all the time. Cheap. Do they really? I know you got to pay your actors. I mean, we were talking about with Joe, we talk about this almost every time we talk about these big blockbuster type kind of Hollywood movies. But um, do they, Ferris, you made me lose my train of thought. Oh, <laughs> he did. He screwed me up. He's got a mask on, guys. I'm not stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, why do they have to? I mean, is it necessary to have? that much money to make a film this simple um i think what i think where your money tends to go to would be union costs and you know mm. and sound and studio cost and right so on and so forth but i mean these people are all like close friends so they probably all got scaled i mean adam wingard, wingard before this they looked like they had fun making it well the mm. movie that he did before this was uh a um, a hundred way, hundred million ways to die. Yep. Ways to die. He made that before that. So, which is another very low budget film. So, and of course, Adam Wingard went on to do Godzilla vs King Kong. That's what he directs now, and he's doing the sequel to yeah. that. Yeah. Boy, he definitely came a long way. Was it 2011 for this one, or was it 2014? 2011 for this. 2011. One. Yeah, I was gonna say because he he deep definitely. It's sort of like who, who was it that made um? Oh gosh, the the Lord of the Rings. Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson made all those simple, low-budget films, and bam, here comes Lord of the Rings. You just never know with some of these guys where they're going to pull it <laughs> out. But, I mean, I was, I'm was i impressed. But I love Lord of the Rings, though. I love a lot of the stuff they make. Ty West, I love just about every film he put out. And, I mean, if you look at... Um, and, basically, they based it on, like, an Agatha Christie mystery anyway. So, and then they kind of turn... But with a lot of confusion, though, because it just seems yes. like it's like a field day. It's every man for himself. Then you got the one brother that runs out the door, says he's going to get the car, doesn't come back, because he didn't have... But it was a bit random. It wasn't... I, I personally perceive it as it was really, really like, oh, let's just 
randomly do random things because it wasn't like even that scene of the I can't remember which one was it. it was the girl who started running outside the door and she had and she got her neck cut on that line there was a fishing yeah. line or something it was so that scene of going slow it was so unnecessary oh like, god why? it was necessary because you knew she was going to get it you asked yeah, no, but then <laughs> i was it's, like it's, okay it's, i know where this is going very um it's very agatha christie's ten little indians where you get about 10 people into a house and they all yeah. start oh. one by one and sort of thing. Then I've got a question. What about the masks? So they were lo- there were two masks: the sheep and the wolf. The sheep and the so, wolf, and so was there just the two? Because they I they think- were there to do all this, but what they were that girl was that the survivalist was not supposed to die. She was supposed to be the witness, saying, "Oh my God, yes. look at all this yes. happened! Home invasion." But she was a badass. She just happened to be a survivalist. <laughs> you know, like but, bad form, bad form. Okay. Normally, normally, normally what you would have in this, and that's what I like about Wingard's film here, is that normally what you have is these people getting murdered, like whether it's a Friday 13th or Halloween or so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically we have is you have this the final girl who just have you know, who's just kind of lucky and able to just get away. Where here you here you got a thinking woman's final girl going on, where she's thinking about it. She's keeping composed and she's the one that's keeping everything together and that's what's quite and that's what's quite interesting because you have this strong female character who keeps her cool even though everything's going against her sort of right. thing and and the thing is is that i mean the, the the face masks don't really mean anything they're just the simple fact that they, hired, well, they had to cover their face they had to cover their face but they they were hired so i was thinking that the face mask probably had something more to do with that they probably knew the family anyway, because how did he hire? He knew them to hire them. So maybe it they was lived so in Menendez. It just, just it just spews Menendez brothers. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It they just does. They had to have somehow gotten an idea from that just a little bit. I I I I don't know. Maybe me trying to see things that maybe weren't there. But well, that's the how masks, you perceive it. That's why we like. Yeah, them. but seeing seeing the masks, I thought it was just the kind of like the usage of the me- of the metaphor of you know. I think that has to do with dress up is in sheep clothes. I was so it's kind of like that's a more of a nod to the strangers because remember the yes. strangers. They joke, oh they yes, you're right. You're right. And the purge, they have the mask on. So I think that's when this film came out, they, they were the huge films at that time. So this is kind of mm-hmm. like a take on this. And like, you know, the purge and strangers cost like, you know, I think the purge costs like 30 million, 30 to 40 million to make. I still haven't got, oh yeah, I'm watching the purge movies again. I got, I'm watching purge election year, but I fell asleep last night. It was around 1130. So I got to finish watching purge election year. I think we need a purge here in the United States. I am down <laughs> oh I am so down for a purge. It's not even funny. <laughs> but I think this is Anna Wingard thinking, like, okay, you guys made this for thirty to forty million. Let I'll show you what I can do with a million. And I think he, I think it pays off in a lot of ways, sort of thing. I think it did. I think it did. I mean, it it was very fast. You have to admit, it moved fast. There really wasn't a whole lot of time to sit. Like I said, if you got up, went pee or something, you missed something because I didn't know the brother was involved until the second. The, the other brother, the little fat boy there, um, the one he ran outside was supposed to get the car. I had no idea, and then I ke- I was confused. That's why I rewatched it yesterday, and I like it. It moved fast, Evie. It did. It was mm, fast. Very, very fast. I think another interesting thing is that the whole dinner dining room um, situation, where they're all sitting there talking, um, that was all improvised, and basically all those conversations were like real life experiences that all the filmmakers have had conversations with their parents. Really, <laughs> improvised. 
<laughs> but did you know the one thing that I liked about it? And I like again the second viewing. This one almost requires a two viewing thing. I didn't notice, but the actors in the end credits were listed next to a picture of that character's body. And I never sat through all of it all the way to the end to see the character's body. So it's just like, oh my God, that is so cool. So you can tell a bunch of directors got in on something. And it was a fun movie. <laughs> it actually was fun because it, you could tell they were having fun making it, honestly. You could tell there was a, there was a very good dynamic going on, at least in my opinion. I also liked it because it was something different as well, because you weren't, because you're not expecting her to be a survivalist. You're kind of like, no. oh. you know, like, like you see the first murder happen and it's like, and this is your next. It's like, okay, here we go. And then, then you have thingy. And then when the, the attacks are happening, you think, okay, here we go. But then having her as a survivalist in the middle of all this kind of made it different. It's kind of like turned everything on its head and made it fun. So it wasn't and, and thing. And what I also like about it, she didn't spend all her life screaming all the way through the movie either. Which no, is not she didn't. She didn't. Barbara, she didn't last long in this movie. She was the bereft, you know, just upset mother, you know, and just she just goes to bed and, you know, you knew she was going to crying. Get, I was really hoping they were going to keep Barbara in a little bit longer because she's like one of my absolute favorite screen queens on the planet. Soap star, oh. she's done it all. And I just love her in all her movies because she just makes it look so easy. But she always does so well with every script she's given. No matter yes. what, she plays the forlorn mother wonderfully in all of the movies <laughs> she's been in the last few times. She was desperate thinking, in this one. She's 67 in this movie. No, she, she's 63 in oh. real life. Yeah. So. She's not much older than me. That's No, wait. Let me see how old she, She's a little older than me. Not much, though. Yeah. So I think she. I think she's almost 70 Is now. She, she can't be that old. She looks too damn good. Yeah, she looks fantastic. I mean, she's been around since Reanimator. She's like one of the original Scream Queens from the 80s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's 64 years old. She's still Four. a young chicken. She's a sweet young thing, just like the rest of us. No, I just, I admire her so much because she's stood the test of time and come through. And she's one of the very few that didn't get messed up with all that other Hollywood crap and everything. You know, it's just nice to see somebody actually make it. Mm -hmm. And I admire her acting. She's just a fun person to watch. She just, she's either good at being crazy. She's good at being serious. Like, I mean, look at her when she was in Reanimator. I mean, come on. Mm. Can you imagine having to do that one scene with the head? Okay. You know, I mean, jeepers. And that's, and people remember that. <laughs> well, even like, even like in From Beyond and you take films like that, but then you take what she's come out with recently as The Preacher's Wife, where she... Oh, I love that movie. I've watched that three times. That is such a good movie, where she's the vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You got to watch that one, David. You'd probably like it. What's the name again? Is the title? The Preacher's Wife. Preacher's Wife? With Barbara Crampton. It's about a year too old. And then what she did make the gates that was the gates the gates or is it the beyond? She's the lady on the TV. Mm. That movie's just so creepy where she's she telling them what to do. But she's also in she also appeared recently in the Boulet brothers on Shudder. They're the the horror dry queens that really now halfway to have um halfway to Halloween um special they did, and she's on there. She does oh, little, really? I didn't even see that one. I've lost track of I, I don't even think I've, I've usually watched the RuPaul stuff for Halloween and all that, but I didn't see that one. Yeah, no, this is on Shudder. It's a, it's a Shudder show. And they do like it's not like horror drag queens. I mean, these they're not like pretty drag queens. Horror drag queens. 
Blood there was a, what was the one Joe Bob had on the other day? Oh, the, 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 oh God, it's one of the oldest. Well, but not Miss Edna, but one of the oldest drag horror drag queens. And she was on the other day ago. And I couldn't believe that. It's like, oh, oh my oh. God, I forgot all about you. I couldn't, I can't remember the person's name now. I like to put it on it. But it was nice to see them back. Uh, but so I guess what we'll do is let's rate your next, starting with you, Vix. How many stars? I'm gonna you? give it a five just for gore and just for it was good, clean fun. It isn't gonna win any Oscars, but it moves quick. You're not sitting there bored, and it's just fun and it gives you ideas. And in lieu of knowing now that they were all like Hollywood, well, not Hollywood, but they're directors and friendly, you can that honestly explains a lot because they were having too much fun making this movie, you can just tell. You just tell, especially the blender on the head thing. You know, I mean, that was just epic violence. <laughs> it's great. Especially, especially she, because she puts it on his head and then she plugs it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about yourself, David? What do you? How many stars would you give it? I'm going to be the black sheep. I didn't really like it at all. Um, You're allowed was- not to like it, David. No, but I'm saying is one thing is violence that is in the movie, and there's a name like a, like a like a goal in the movie. At least that's the way I see it. Like there's a movie that goes towards direction, and there's a whole plot, and there's a whole story, and it makes sense. But when it's randomly done like that, for me, it was just unnecessary. It was. It was haphazard. It was very haphazard. It was very much like Home Alone. That's that's what it felt like. But instead of being funny, it was. An attempt to be serious. I, I just, I mean, I didn't get it. Maybe my, my mistake. But I, it, it was nonsensical as well. Even and then it just uh, the only thing I liked is the kind of the ending with the, you know, the, 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 ending, the whole dying. That's right. The ending. Weird. It's just like oh, it was a bit of a fuck. twist. Double but, fuck ending. You know, first but, you think something happened, then it's something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then obviously, as I said, I, I was trying to think about the metaphors of the sheep and the wolves, and I couldn't find it. But. I'm sorry, 1.5 for me. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I'm trying fine. to be nice. I always apologize, but that's the whole point. No one likes the same thing. And that's okay. why I love it when you're on here. Just you, you just always tell your truth. And that's all I just, I just you know what? My husband wasn't sense. very happy with it either. So for me, it was unnecessary uh, violence. Some people, some people. Well, I'm personally going to give it five stars because I love this movie. I don't know who's Adam Wingard fan. And I like I like it only because it's like you kind of watch it and it's I I've seen so many horror movies anyway yeah. and what I like about this one is that it it it's just something totally different you know when she's preparing like you know getting all the knives out and all that sort of yeah. stuff nothing like if I always thought to myself like if you're in a horror film and you're seeing all these people getting killed around you that's what you would do and most times they don't do that yeah you know? it was it was refreshing seeing the final girl. Not, you know, well, you know, they always run and scream, but you're, she didn't. She no. just sat there calculated to fuck them up. Yeah. Run <laughs> and yeah. scream towards the end. That's what, that's what I like about it. She just took it head on. And another thing is, like, she goes, she goes, oh, let's all run down the basement. She goes, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Never <laughs> go idea. to the basement. Oh, run, up, run upstairs. She goes, that's a stupid idea. Don't run downstairs. Just lock the doors, lock the windows, and we stay here. And that's what I quite liked. It turned everything, it turned all these kind of movies and turned it on its head. And that's why I quite like your next. Do you think that they were poking fun at all the other scary movies, kind of the, the tropes and stuff? Yeah, I do, and I, and there's a lot of black humor in it as well. There's so much black humor and the whole the whole family dynamics and stuff like that. Yeah, the family dynamic was foobar. <laughs> it was bad. 
So that's that's why that's why I like Mike. So. That, that, do you know that are you saying that there was like a sort of humor, etc., right? So now I'm, I'm rethinking what about the relationship between the two brothers arguing? Do you think they were doing it on purpose to show that they hated each other when they I think they really were, hated and, each other, but, that, but oh. that's but that's what you got in the family anyway. Sometimes it's like and they get the jealousy amongst the other ones, like you know, I'm doing this, and the other one's like, well, then when it's about money, money, they all like, like Tim well, You're telling him he did a good job, he didn't tell me I did a good job, and it's all that kind of bickering. And the thing is, is if you notice as well, though, that the ones who are causing the bickering, the two that were causing the bickering, are the two that actually orchestrated the murders to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah, they were all in on it together, though, the little assholes. So you got the two so you got the two brothers basically antagonizing the rest of the family and why maybe because that way it makes it easy well there was one good brother that's right there was one that wasn't in on it the yeah, one that got all the screwdrivers he kept yeah, stopping but, screwdrivers and he wouldn't die because he got those two arrows wait, wait, the was, wasn't wasn't he the one that was arguing with him yeah maybe we're getting yeah. confused yeah yeah so it wasn't and, the one and, that orchestrated it was the other the one, one. It's no, but he's the one that, um, but he knows the thing is about a family. You have to remember in a family, you know how to push each other's buttons. Oh, definitely, yes. <laughs> so, so you have that. And, and what I also like is that the two, the two ones who are actually in on it are just spoiled brats. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, I mean, like, what the one, the one of the funny, funny things, like, I had to kill my own brother and it was really hard. And you <laughs> were here for it, you were supposed to. Do it for me. I had to do it on my own. Okay. Yeah, okay. And then the other one comes back when it's all over. And goes, oh, 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 it's supposed to be over. I still like David said though. Before we move on to the other one, I still don't get where the guys. I mean, apparently the wolf and the sheep dude and and the girlfriend. They seem kind of random. I have to admit because they seem like they were kind of. They must have just been hired and they weren't really family friends. So well, I think I think the reason why they wore the mask basically is so that way they wouldn't be recognized. So I'm assuming they came from that area. Right, right. You no, know, and, and they and they killed the next door neighbor for the simple fact that, you know, that way I've they, seen him in other movies. What is his name? Oh, he He's, was in uh, he was in We Will Become Um Um We Are Still Here. He's okay, yeah, he's but he's also a director and he's done movies and he's acted in several horror movies. I've seen him yeah. around in several movies. Yeah, but he was in the movie we did last month. That's yeah. right. Like uh, he's got that one of those faces too, though. Too. Very, and the song old. that it was going like on. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he's yeah. got one of those faces. And one of those Jack Nicholson vibe things. He was that you know he's missing some of his front teeth and it always cracks me up. He put his movie his teeth in for the movie, obviously. But when Joe Bob had him on. He just goes to teeth to start talking and care and teeth are gone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, this brings us to The Guest, which is a 2014 American thriller film directed by Adam Wingard and written by Simon Barrett again. The film stars Dan Stevens and Micah Monroe with a supporting cast that includes Leland Orser, Sheila Kelly, Brendan Mayer, and Lance Redrick. It tells the story of a U.S. soldier called David who unexpectedly visits the Peterson family, introducing himself as a friend of their son who died in combat in Afghanistan. After he's been staying in their home for a couple of days, a series of deaths occur, and the daughter, Anna, suspects David is connected to them. 
Barrow, who previously worked with Wingard on the films A Horrible Way to Die from 2010 and You're Next in 2011, and now is doing King King Kong versus Godzilla and King Kong versus Godzilla 2, um, wrote the script for The Guest. Budgeted at $5 million, um, filming took place in New Mexico during the summer of 2013. Musician Steve Moore scored the film's soundtrack. The film premiered at the Sundance Film Festival on January 17, 2014, and was theatrically released in the United States on September 17th. The Guest received generally positive reviews from critics. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of The Guest, then be right back. Excuse me, ma'am. You wouldn't happen to have seen anyone resembling this man, would you? This is, uh, David. Emma, this is David. Very nice to meet you. David is a friend of your brother's. You know Caleb? Yes, ma'am. One of the things he asked was for me to check on you and your whole family here. I want you to show me who hit you yesterday. What are you gonna do? Nothing bad. For the damages. David, do you want a party? Sure, that sounds nice. I called the army base that David's from. They told me he doesn't exist. David, I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't been here. Mrs. Peterson, it's no problem. Thank you, David. Who are you? I'm a friend of the family. Congratulations, podcast, and we're talking about the guest from 2014. So, Vix, what are your thoughts of the guest? I, you know, this movie was kind of, kind of reminded me of the, the Bourne identity for Jason Bourne for some reason, in a weird way. I think it was might have been a nod to that. I don't know. Uh, I first, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out what the hell. Then again, you know, the mother's grieving; she's missing her boy, and then all of a sudden, somebody you know, comes that knows something else about her son. And, you know, that resonates with me because, you know, someone's got a new picture of my boy that's passed on. It's like, please, yes, I want more pictures because the memories are so few and none that be made anymore. So I kind of identified with the mom, but I still would have not let that guy in the house. You don't know him from Adam. And you uh, knew it was no. too good to be true. Once I saw him with his shirt on, I would have welcomed him in with living. That's life. true, but, it, but we're supposed to be decent American women here. We're not supposed to look at young boys like that. But no, he was very handsome, and I think that's what you know was kind of you know he was he looked like somebody that was from Afghanistan, and he really was. But the thing is, they they doctored his mind, and apparently they. I think her son was also in the same program, and he was programmed to do what though? Just to go kill the family. No, basically, it was a program to kill the family. It was happened, to, to protect them because it. it no, what, he, what he did was he he um he met he met their son, and then right. what happens is that um uh, he escaped. From the oh, home. okay. So I missed that. He escaped uh, from. The so he escaped program. and um and then um broke everyone's teeth, and so that way when he escaped, they couldn't identify. They thought he died in the fire. Because so what, he was doing plastic surgery, and they'd redo his dental work, so he well, could. 
Well, he was. That's what his plan was: is to go and basically he was gonna go stay with his family for a few days, get everything sorted and everything like that, and then move on to this um, plastic surgeon who was gonna. But things started happening. Life. But what happened is the reason why he ends up killing the family and going after them because they he, know about him. They found no, out. Yeah. No, he's programmed. Huh? protect his identity and to protect the program so therefore oh, okay you're right you're right okay I that now. so was, if she never so she never contacted the and his and his job that and when he's with people he's protect he protects them that's his job to protect he's programmed to protect right. until they find out his identity is and then that protection turns because that's the way he's been programmed. and he can't help himself he's got to destroy whoever knows what he is so but, if, but so was her son like, involved in it too though is what i was trying to remember was yeah, the dead boy he was so obviously that you know the, the what you find out you know what you find out is when they when she contacts the army base about finding right. out his information you find you out that him. yeah they know about him because he was in the program too but they'd like scary him. they're actually it, doing shit like this that's the scary thing because you really? know they're doing this somewhere somebody's yeah. doing this they, they're, they're always they're always looking at um programming um well we got ai up and coming now so, it's gonna so. do wonderful things but i'm kind of terrified of ai because there's well, always going to be greedy evil people well, they always they always test they always test things out on soldiers anyway. Agent Orange yeah. was tested on soldiers first, and you know radiation when they were testing out the nuclear bomb. They yeah. about what how the soldiers reacted. They were put into radiation and what what kind of disease. That should have been a no brainer. Anybody that knows anything about atoms and you know that should have just been a no brainer. But so well, so what I mean so what you have is that basically the army lied about their son dying in Afghanistan. He never died in Afghanistan. They he died because of he was a failed science project. This family was kind of broken. Did you guys think the family was a little broken? They had a weird dynamic. They didn't really seem close. You know, I think it's because of this function. Um, and I think that what you have is that um when you had the older son, and I think you know, I don't the other son goes into the army. He's kind of a, so when he dies, he's kind of a war hero anyway. Right. But so he doesn't come home. But of course, as you know, when a child dies within a family, that kind of shatters the family anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you got yeah. the mother who's a bit despondent. You got the the daughter who's kind of like just we need to get on with life. We need to just move forward. You got the younger brother who's just kind of being bullied. Who's never going to live up to his. Older, was he older gay? Brother. I was trying yes, to figure that out. Yes, I think he was, was gay. He, yeah, was, yeah. was his character? I didn't know how. At least that's what's him. assumed in the story. I assumed that he was gay as a character, and then he was bullied well, for that. Because, well, and then when I, the guy I, went to help him, yeah. Well, he was different clearly, and he didn't feel like he was part of the school community. Mm -hmm. and then the, but he's just bookish and nerdish. That's all. Mm -hmm. But they were saying, I because I didn't know if I missed something. If they were picking on him because he was a bookworm, was he gay? What were they? No, but, so, but sometimes but everything. But you have to remember that kids don't need a reason to pick on someone. No, they don't. They yeah. don't. You know, I think I don't know if he was gay or not, but I think um, because he was called a faggot. Um, oh no! But then the, the guy, and, um, the David character, go fine. Yeah. We we can use this to benefit. That's oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so maybe okay, it wasn't necessarily. Okay. That's yeah. where I got a little confused because that's no, he, what he went and scared the shit out of that boy. No, he, he's a nerdy. He's a nerdy kid. Um, obviously he's weak. He doesn't play sports. He kind of just reads, stays in his room and reads his books and stuff like this. So he, you know, and he was being picked on by jocks, you know, by the football team. So he's probably just because he didn't play sports. I and loved it, how they took care of them in that shit bar and that dive. 
you know, mm-hmm. how, how he came in there and just, just waxed mm-hmm. their ass, man. There's not much you could do about it because the guy was serving minors. But another thing is, if you, look, if you look at the father, the father basically is being passed over for job promotions. And because of the loss, it looked like he, he drank every night. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. And he's going to be drinking. Well, that, that drinking guy systematically habits. was killing every obstacle, though, in this family's way, though. That yeah. guy got, the father got his dream job because he <laughs> killed the guy that was up for the, the job. So he was trying to help the family. And well, the thing is, if the, if, the da- if the daughter never poked into his life, he would have left and they would have got everything probably would have been fine with them. Yeah. How did that happen? Was she into his phone? She got his burner phone or? Well, she she um, first she wanted to know more about him. So she contacted and asked the, our, the service. That's right. She called yeah, up sure. about him and asked. And of course, that, that starts bringing everything off. And then. Um, when they said that he was dead, then she made it to go go. Uh, let's find out his numbers, and then the then the brother, of course, finds out that this is he's been contacting a plastic surgeon, and then the brother goes up to him and goes, "Yeah, no, but we're friends. I know all about it. Don't worry. <laughs> da, 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 my sister did it. And of course, okay, now that's now right. He to, now he has. I the felt brother. really bad though. Did they didn't seem really upset that the parents were dead? Was was anybody really upset that anything was happening in this movie? I think it or has. Was everybody thing. kind yeah, of. I don't think he had. To, I don't think he had time to be upset when he's coming after you. That's true. You know, I mean, he's, might, he's just might, like the Terminator, isn't after, he? Yeah, you might grieve afterwards after it's all over with, but you're not going to grieve when he when you know he's on the loose and you've well, already. Well, I mean, he's you. kind of like. He kind of reminded me of the Terminator in a certain way, but even in the end, you set you up. Maybe there's a sequel in the works sometime, you know, because well, yeah, he, the guy because I thought he was it. dead. I mean, is he superhuman too? Does he heal himself for crying out loud? The new Captain America, super strong. Well, the thing is, you don't really know what kind of um, experimentation they've been doing on him either. Yeah, yeah, they don't tell you. Know, you. You know, you know that he they he was away at a facility for six years. But they shouldn't make a sequel. They should keep it like that, keeping the fantasy of the viewers going. The moment you do the second movies with the story, then this movie becomes dull. Because Sometimes the origin stories about. don't really add up. They don't do as well. But I mean, the, the interesting thing is Dan Stevens, who's an English actor, to do this. I mean, if you look at him before, Dan Stevens is famous for Downton Abbey. That's where he comes he? from. I haven't watched it. I, I don't know, know that. Either, but, but you can, I mean, you can just imagine what. God, how long has that show been running now? It's off the air now, but I mean, it, it, but we're talking about a show that was huge. You know, that went, it went all around the oh, world. Oh, it wasn't. It was huge over here, too. And I mean, it was a. Oh, really? Even in the U.S.? Yeah, it was a. Oh, it was a UK mainly. No, thing. a lot of people yeah. watch Downtown Abbey over here. Yeah, it's huge. Plus, Meg is not. There's now a film series of it. Is there? Yeah, there's oh, two just, movies out now, and then they they broke box office records wow. all over the world. I didn't know that. I'm I mean, not, I'm not a town, Downton Abbey or upstairs downstairs or any of that kind. Oh, that's here. right, upstairs downstairs. I forgot about that. Oh my god, Last I had I had difficulty with costume dramas anyway, so they're not they're not my thing. But faulty so. towers, you gotta like faulty towers. <laughs> well, we all have reasons why watching stuff. I would watch only for Maggie Smith because Maggie Smith. Oh my gosh. But when you, you know, when you look at Dan Stevens, I mean, this is kind of like his first American film and he hasn't, and after him, he did his film because this film did quite well. 
they had to kill his character off in Downton Abbey because he got a he's got a TV a, U, a U.S. career now. He's the Apostle on Netflix. He's done so many movies. He's in. Oh, oh my God, he did! I totally forgot about that. That was him. No shit, I didn't recognize him with the hair. Yeah, and he's also did he's also Godzilla versus King Kong. He's coming back. In the That's season. right. You're 100 percent right. Wow. You know he mean? definitely has come up. And he did that DC series called Legion. Yeah. Oh. Yes, I did watch that. I did oh like Legion. Legion like was incredible. I love the idea of schizophrenia and aliens. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Beautiful. cool. Uh, I should start rewatching that. I'm trying to rewatch all this old stuff. I get so much joy out of the old stuff that I didn't get joy out of years ago, but now I do. Weird, <laughs> I know. We grow wiser as we grow older. That's the way I don't know. Works. I guess you we just appreciate, appreciate actual talent. I guess is the word I want to say. And I have to sit there and say, though, when I've seen Dan Stevens and other stuff, he doesn't look as good as he does in this movie. He looks No, like- that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I didn't recognize- he's, uh, he's freaking drop-dead, gorgeous, hot, like heart-thumping hot, you know? So my heart beats still hot. And I've never seen someone look so American in my life than Dan Stevens in the movie, though he's English. <laughs> I know he wasn't. He's. He, I. I thought I didn't know he was English. Too, being like, being American oh, is the is the English uh, dream. Like you know, the, the British love. Well, him. he's awfully small too. They got him kind of buffed up in this, though. Yeah, he actually. Um, when he got the role, because they. I said mean, that, that honestly, he looks totally different. I mean, the hair, everything, he still looks different. Mm. You know, when you look him up, I mean, he's a little bit more buff. I think they worked him out a little bit, considering he was like a Navy SEAL type thing. Well, I'm always amazed. When he got, when he got, when he got the role, he took six weeks off and just bulked up for it. So, I'm always, I'm always um, amazed with the British actors. Like, you know, even the Walking Dead actors and all that. They've got this thick Scottish or or, or English, you know, brogue or accent. And they just can't tell. They just act like they don't even think about it. They just put on a different accent. And I'm just always amazed how they do that for, for 11 seasons even, you know? Mm-hmm. And then when you hear them, it's like, oh, that's right. They're British, you know, or Scottish. The Scottish, I mean, they have to practically break their tongue probably to talk American because it's hard to talk. We have slang for everything over here. So it's probably a harder language to copy, but. But Simon Barrett, who actually wrote the script for this, as with your did- Simon Barrett. He said that similar to their previous film, Your Next, Barrett envisioned the guest was a main character harboring a secret. The character was inspired by Barrett's former occupation as a private investigator. He said it would really really compartmentalize my life. (laughs) I'm fascinated by the character that just had a weird interior thing going on, which I quite like. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, if you if you see life through that lens, it's really hard to break away and see it right from another angle. So, but I, I mean, I like I also like that the very um, independent feel of the movie. I like the music, the music used and the music. At some point, it was the final scene when it looked like an eighties slash movie. That's mm-hmm. the yeah, feel I got kinda, when they were running. It? And it was I, I was impressed. The music was amazing. And then that song at the end when he got hit and killed, this like woman singing. I was like, okay, this is like it felt like a revival of some sort. I don't know. <laughs> I liked I, it. Amazing. I wanted to go to that Halloween dance. That would have been a good Halloween dance. That Halloween dance. <laughs> Halloween I was just, oh, that's right. Yeah. 
Well, boy, that was sort of like they had the sort of like the mean girls action going on in here too. I felt bad for that kid though; he was so bullied. I mean, I, I, I was really happy to see that he had someone in his corner, even if it was brief, and he was a killer, of course. But just the way he got them all back, and there's not much they could have done about it in that bar, you know. I mean, you knew it was coming, and that's why he went in. It's like, oh man, he's gonna go settle up with these bullies, so. But I also, I like, like, but I also I like that. Movies. But I also like the way that he thought it through the process. He didn't yeah. go. He didn't go through there and start a fight. You know, he got the cosmopolitan. Then he then the, and then he orders a fireball, which is you know Simmons schnapps and not Tabasco sauce. Yes, that's basically that he's like everything's just very very measured. And the thing is, what I also liked about the character is that even when he's fighting, he's not out of breath. He's so like no, he doesn't. He seems very like nothing phases him. I mean, he is. He's a killing machine. Yeah. He's a calculator. Proper that's what he is. <laughs> that's basically what they do. And I'm sorry to all my Navy SEAL friends or whatever. That's all. I mean, I've been on dates in the past with Navy SEALs. And all they talk about is different ways to break people's necks. It's like, can we get through the salad first? <laughs> you know, can I eat my soup and salad first before we talk about killing and snapping of necks? <laughs> but... I mean, I, I like the black humor in this. There is some black humor. In There's a little bit. Okay. You know, it was a little campy, too. You know, what he goes about, um, you know, it's like about being bullied. And he goes, just stab them. <laughs> just, <laughs> these were violent movies. They really were. Pick these out. <laughs> But what again, what, what you get, but you, what, what I also like about it, again, Adam Wingard, again, changes everything so you, you're watching the movie and all of a sudden it shifts the gear and then it shifts the gear again and it's like okay this is not what i was expecting and that's what i quite like about adam wingard's films well i wasn't i i was kind of i, I was kind of rooting for him though and not the parents isn't that terrible Just <laughs> like i didn't like the family i was all over him but not the family he seemed like the only one that at least knew what was going on. the parents seemed like they were just so detached from their children and you know it's like when you when you lose a child, but you don't ever totally back off from the rest of your family. And it looked like they totally detached from the other two and just left the other kids to their own devices. Did they even know what was going on in their No, they didn't. Right? They I didn't, mean, that poor kid was going through hell every day, and no one had yeah. any effing clue what was going on with this kid. But I have to sit there and say that normally when kids are being bullied in school, the parents are lost to know. Yeah, I know. Well, it's embarrassing, probably. I mean, yeah, then, well, you don't want to go home and go, I've been bullied. And then you're a tattletale. And then your parents yeah. go, it worse. Sort of thing. So you kind of keep all that stuff to yourself, really. You know, so. it's all, it's also it's, it's for the parents the, we had a little bit of like a kind of like an insight of the mother, the suffering and she welcomed the guys in, etc. So you kind of like feel a little bit for her. The father, I could not stand his face, his way of talking. I felt he was like a spineless guy. I just what was didn't wrong like it. with it was like, oh, God, oh, I know. Oh. There was, was something useless. that wasn't clicking for me. I, I don't know if it was personality, the actor. I he was know. useless. There was like, mm. Yes, well, useless. Me, That's I, the word. For me, I just thought of someone that basically has been like, you know, he's in the job, trying to support his family. He's been in the job for so many years, and and he gets keeps getting passed over for promotion after promotion by younger people because he didn't go to college. He didn't have that, even though he has a work experience. And that's pretty much what he says there. And then he's kind of like, and he just comes home, and because he's miserable within himself, he just doesn't take. Dude. Yeah, he's a miserable little ball of sadness or something. I don't know. 
but I also you think he dies. You know what it is? Nothing's worse than seeing somebody just totally feel sorry for themselves all the time and not do anything about it. But when he dies, uh, I'm also like, okay, let's just carry on. This character is useless. I don't care. You know. Well, I also think is that if you look, if you look at fathers or men anyway in general, they're not, they don't, they're not really in touch with their feelings. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I mean, it's very rare that they are. I mean, <laughs> it's like, you know, he's on the job, he's unhappy in his job, his son's died, so he's not going to show the emotion there either. So they, they it's kind of, he's like an autopilot situation. Yeah. And then, and then you got a daughter who's like, you know, and obviously, I mean, it's, I would say the only wrong thing in this movie is that they probably should have painted them a little bit poorer than what they are, because obviously they're a lot poorer than what they're portrayed in this movie. You know, the daughter. Well, yeah, I was I was wondering about that because I'll never make any real money. And I was like, wow, your house is nice. Look at your house. Cars, the alcohol he drinks. What, what's the problem here? What do you need? Well, obviously, I mean, if, I mean, if the house showed more of them being a bit more on the Roseanne side of life, I guess. Right. Um, you know, I think it, I think it probably was showed a bit more because obviously they don't have money because because if you, if you look at the way the kids are dressed, they're not dressed in. They're dressed quite normally, but they're not dressed in fancy clothes or anything. No, they're not you know, running and, around with and then, and, she, and she's and she's she has to work because other you know she had to skip a year going to college because she needs to make money to go to college because obviously the family doesn't have money for college. So she had to look at the situation and go, okay, this is you know obviously they're you know and you know if he's just a salesman, he's not you know the director of sales. He's not the sales you know the head of sales. He's just a salesman. So and I assuming that it's probably for an appliance store. He's not the regional manager. I, I'm, so I'm not, he looks like a he's either a car salesman or he's a salesman in an appliance shop. From the way he's I was trying to figure out what he was doing too. <laughs> they don't really give you much to go on why they're so poor, except that he wanted uh, that job so bad. Then I, I don't know how he got it. How did he kill him? He, he, um, basically, um, the, 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 yeah, the guy who got well, we're met. I imagine it. David killed the um killed them, didn't he? Right, yeah. So they, they got him the job. But I'm assuming that you know the job that he worked at, if you look at the way he's dressed, he either works in a computer store, an appliance store, or he's a car salesman, just by the way he's dressed. Or it's a shoe store. And though and though um regional managers, you know, probably you know, it's not gonna make them a millionaire, but you probably are looking about ten thousand pounds extra a year. Probably they make a good 80, 90,000 here, regional yeah. managers. But if you're a salesperson working in a shop on the shop floor, you'll be gonna... lucky if you get twelve bucks an hour. So there's yeah. no way he was doing regular he had it had to be something else more like, you know, Lockheed Martin or something. There's no way he could afford that job just being a Lowe's. Or a, or a Home Depot guy. There's just no way, you know. I just wish they'd elaborate on stuff sometimes in movies because some of us overthink things all the time. <laughs> yeah. But I think I mean, but I I think with Adam Wingard's films, I find because even a horrible way to die and all the other all the list of I watch them, he kind of he kind of like sets up the situation and you kind of have to fill in the spaces yourself. I find even even the previous one you're next, you kind of have to fit in the. I, you know, I do appreciate that out of directors to think that their audiences are so fucking stupid that they can't think for themselves because there's enough of that going around in the world. And I do mm -hmm. appreciate it when a director or two notices that. And you can, it's easy to fill in the gaps automatically, really. I mean, you know, it's a no brainer when you think about it. So, 
And I mean, they're just, I mean, to be honest, they're just the dysfunctional family. I mean, you know, the daughter comes in, she sleeps during the day because she works at night. And then when she comes home from work, she just goes to her bedroom. The son goes to his bedroom, you know, and that's pretty much what you have in this family. And we, I don't know what caused him to be dysfunctional. It's either, it could be the death or maybe they're like that before he died. You know, maybe she has a toxic boyfriend. It was probably, it was probably like that before he died, but the mother probably just, just decided to give up and just not interact with the family after that, which is yeah. when people are grieving, sometimes you just never know. And another thing is that sometimes you wake up and you're just stuck in the life that you're given. And what do you yeah. do? Mm-hmm. You just coast through it. Sort of thing. Well, you know, things are never what you want them to be, but you just got to make, you know, there, there's always something good in each day. Obviously, she didn't think so. <laughs> but then again, I didn't let Robocop in the front door either. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing is, but I mean, if you, I mean, how I looked at that simple thing is that he served with her son. And you got to remember when someone's away for someone's serving in the army for four or six years or however long it is, you don't see your son. So you don't know anything about your child for that four to six years that they're, they're stationed away from you. So I think with her, it's like, Oh, you knew my son. Oh, what you know, and then finding out more information about what he's like, because, you know, when someone's in the army and they die in service for whatever reason, that's the thing is, is you don't know anything about their lives. What it's like when they're no. in service. You don't know nothing. So all you all you so I think what you do is you kind of g- grab a hold of as much as possible. And if someone was serviced with him, yeah, I think you'd want to spend time with him and fight. What was his final? He would. Life? I mean, I did what like they're life? like it's it's a weird thing. They're like Justin's friends. I every once in a while, so they always write me and I I would always let them in the house. But I mean, you just it gets in a cynical though as you get older though, a little bit because people try to take advantage with your grief or they, you know, this guy, that's what I was thinking. What he was doing in the beginning, was he trying to ingratiate himself? Did he actually care or was he too machine-like at this point? I, I think he actually did care. I mean, I think he did care about him. I mean, if you look at the situation, um, you know, he helped the mother through her grieving. He helped the father get a better job. I mean, the, the, and he helped the boy um, become a bit more secure within himself. And he actually helped, and he actually helped her, you know, the daughter basically is like, listen, you know, the guy doesn't appreciate you. You can do better than that. Right. And, uh, and if she did, and how I looked at it is she did not contact the army and ask questions about him. I think he probably would just gone on his way. Yeah, one interesting one interesting thing about it. Remember when she brings him to the party and he's in bed with that girl? And she goes, well, I guess you're just not into this because she was trying to seduce him. And then all of a sudden he turns on, you know? I mean, he goes, oh, absolutely into it. What was the purpose of that scene? I, so I'm asking, is he robotic? Did he have to engage his game to get his you know, brain to get a stiffy and have sex mm-hmm. with this beautiful young lady? Or what I, the hell, you know? But I think I think that when you're programmed for whatever way that you're programmed, you're you kind of have to. It's got it's a bit like we say about serial killers being emotional blindness. You kind of right. you know you have to take your cue. You don't know you don't really have a natural response. You have to take your natural response for what cues you're given. Right. And, you know, and so therefore it's like, you know, some person would just like, I'm either into this or not, and not think about it where he's kind of like, everything's measured, you know, how do I react in a situation sort of thing? And it's, you know, and I think it has more to do with that. It's like, oh, I better do this, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Was like just going with it. Cause at the end of the day, he's very, very, he's very, very controlled. Everything that he does is controlled. Right. 
You know, he I don't think he's the kind of person that just lets himself go. Even when he's getting high or drinking, it's very controlled. Even when yeah. he dies and he says, the guy, no, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. You've done it right. Well, he's like, logical team. right up until the very end because he sees that that's what he had to do, though. He had to protect his family. He had to protect his sister. I mean, that was just, that was just common sense, mm. right? Well, but you also get this, like, but you also kind of get this mentality. If you look at, for people, you know, if you look at a police officer who deals in homicide situation, you know, he goes to homicide and basically he's he's very good to do. And he looks at dead bodies and he sees the murder scenes. He does this and you go, you know, you look at things very, very focused. And then when you go home, it's turning that off. And what happens a lot of times, that's the reason why a lot of policemen don't have happy, long relationships because they can't, they have difficulty turning off when they go home. So it's being able to turn that switch off. And this right. basically, he didn't have that switch to turn off. Basically, I like, just thought it was kind of a weird telling scene because I was wondering if he was going to go batshit on this girl. You know, I thought, is he going to behave himself at this party? And he didn't mind having that one hookup. But what was his purpose for being at that party other than he was forced to go with her? You know, it was, I think it was taking kind of like um, making friends and showing that he was no one to get on the side character? of the of the girl. 24, 25, you think? Maybe 20. I think they were discussing earlier because the girl was like, oh, yeah, I can have a boyfriend. I'm nearly 20. No, she asked about drinking alcohol. She's like, I'm nearly 21. And the father was like, no, no, alcohol, 21. So maybe that group of friends were between 20, 21, 22, maybe a little bit older. So, and, and I think, and if it's say the older brother probably is four or five years older than she Right. Was. So they're probably yeah. thinking 24, 25 for this guy, timely, age-wise. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to, because, you know, well, you know how it is when you go to parties and somebody even minutely older comes in. You look at somebody back then when somebody was 25 or 30 and you're just looking at them like that, you know, it's like, you're old. What are you doing here? <laughs> well, no, another reason why I think that he has his moral compass and when, when he's in the middle of the movie, I mean, because he, I mean, there is a picture that he is in the picture in the squadron with the sun anyway. Right. But, yeah, but another thing is he has a moral compass anyway at the beginning anyway because when they go to the party and her ex and the friend's ex girl ex boyfriend comes in and grabs him by the arm and he goes him to the wall get him out of right. here yeah, yeah that's true. he didn't beat him up or anything like that but he was protecting her right so protect and if you look at an arm an army person it's to protect and to serve right also to, but you also have to protect and serve your identity and yeah. you have. And and the guy said it right from the very beginning is that, you know, he is he is trained that once you find out, wh- once he's in danger or he or his identity is revealed, he's kill you. Yeah. he has to protect that. That's what he's programmed to do. See, I missed that in the beginning for some reason. I don't know how I missed that, but I was just one. I knew I knew that's why he turned on the family, but in the very beginning, I wasn't catching that. I was just trying to figure out what he was doing except hanging out. He was just so I so robotic. I guess it just got over everybody's head. Well, I think what he I think what I think it is very telling in the beginning when he sits there and goes, you know, you know, your son told me a lot about you. And I think that they probably spent a lot of time together and he told him a lot about the son. And so he couldn't go home when the place right. burned down, when he escaped from whatever happening. So the only place he knew of was there. And he probably thought, oh, I'll st-, you know, I think what he said that, oh, I'll just stay, you know, I'm just going to, I'll spend the night and I'll go in the morning. And when they go, no, you can stay a couple more days. And I think that's all he was going to do. But then, right. then everything escalates quite quickly. 
started the so started it, happening. You got the bully started, and then you had all the other dynamics. Well, so I think that if she never contacted the army, he would have just gone on his way. That would be that. Yeah. But of yeah, course, she that, did kind yeah. of mess stuff up, didn't she? Now, in retrospect. Yeah. And the thing is, the only thing that doesn't make sense for me in the movie is why did she? What was the problem? Because, because he had. Because she was. <laughs> He hadn't, but he hadn't done anything up to that point. I oh. think she was just a teenager, curious and annoyed. Well, you know what? I look up shit too. Somebody says they know my brother and they were in the service and they're staying underneath my mom's roof. I would be checking their shit. I would have if they were there for like months on end. I've been here a bit long now, but yeah. he's only, like only like two or three days. It's like okay, you know. And he was planning on leaving anyway, so he wasn't planning. On, he wasn't moving in. He's planning on leaving. You know, once he got the once he got the guns, he was leaving. Well, he made that phone call. He was going to change his teeth and his face, wasn't he? Yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's going to go to the plastic surgeon. That's what he's going to do. And of course, because they, you know, they they kind of they kind of they kind of signed their own death cards. Kind of around, but they left. If they left well enough alone, chances are you. I hated the ending though, the point where it's just like, well, this is not conclusive. You got two kids that don't have their parents, and you have, you know, Jason Bourne is going off into the sunset, <laughs> you know, with no, nothing is, closure. Well, another thing is, is, I mean, will, will the two kids live anyway? Because he's gonna have to get rid of them eventually, yeah. I mean, it didn't, there's no closure, no, no, nothing, and it drives me nuts. That was sort of like the strangers that made me nuts on that movie. There was no close. I hate it when there's no closure. And so I figured they just have some, just a smidge, because it looked like he wanted to do something with it, or they just wanted to keep us guessing because that guy was alive still at the end. So he must have had superhuman bioengineering as well, you know, on top of the brain. But also, I think he knows how to. I think that you're also programmed to deal with pain and stuff like that as well. Because I mean, we, like when his leg gets. You know, hurt at one point. You know, he just ties it up and he keeps going. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the shooting with the uh, yeah. militants. And when he gets stabbed in the back, he just keeps going, sort of thing. So <laughs> I know, it's just like, ow, something. <laughs> Completely. You know, did that hurt? The you know, just something. I mean, I guess he can shut off everything. Is the only thing I can picture. Well, I mean, the thing is, if you're programmed in a certain way, I mean, they do say that, like soldiers and people who, you know. You know, are in war and stuff like that. When they do get shot, they don't they don't go withering around on the ground. They just keep going forward. Right. So I mean, oh, we're talking about like professional soldiers here, not just not people who just you know, enlisted from the draft, but <laughs> it's like they have this <laughs> job sort of thing. Universal soldiers, yeah. So I guess what we'll do is let's rate your um, the guest. So, David, how many stars would you give the guest? Okay, so considering the fact that the guy took me on a journey, on a ride, going up and down. The beginning, was he was very annoying, arrogant guy, and then he became super cool and powerful, strongly helping the feminine and love and them. Hot. And hot, don't forget so he's hot. A hero. And hot. Not my type. Not your type. Well, he's my type. I like. I like. I like. Hear what you think, (laughs) but and and then and eventually, um, it became 
So it became almost, almost like a hero and it suddenly became a villain. So that was a quite interesting thing. I couldn't quite understand the guy. He was and then it was Yeah, it was it was definitely like a double double face character. And then it was a kind of like sort of a teacher to to the child to the children to the point that I thought that from a different perspective, you could see the story as a kind of like the story of two children growing up and learning a big life lesson and everything and going through a lot of troubles and drama and seeing the death of the parents, etc. and whatever. And I personally love that there was no closure at the end because it keeps the imagination going. And then this could have been like a villainous <laughs> origins. I don't know. So, but at the same time, I didn't like the violence and the plot was simply him protecting the family. It was a bit poor, you know? So you see different perspectives. So because I see the good, I see the bad, I'm just going to give it a three because it's in the middle. So I see that both works. the good and the bad. Um, that. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and what about yourself, Vix? I like the movie. I'm going to give it like a four or five, four point five, only because I didn't have any closure. I cannot stand when I... But he was, you couldn't figure it out, though. You either love to hate him or you hate to love him. You couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. The dynamic switch flipped so many different times. And it, it wasn't a boring movie. It wasn't. I, I'm glad I watched it. I really, really enjoyed it, quite honestly. But it, I, I would watch it again. How many stars? 4.5. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the ending the way I don't like it when I don't know what happened. Well, and would you have given? How would you would you have liked? I would have liked, you know, like oh, three months later, six months to a year later. You know how that goes. One year later, I mean something. You know, I just want what happens to these kids. I mean, their world is is totally gone. I mean, their parents are dead. I mean, I think a couple of friends got thrown dead into the mix as well. You know, I mean, there was. This guy comes in, just totally just raises Kane in their life. Yeah, and you don't know position. what happens to him. That makes me crazy. I'm going to give it a five-star rating because I do love this film. When this film came out, I was like, so it's like finally a film that's different from everything else going out out there. Sort of it thing. was different. It was different. And, and that's what I quite liked about it. I also, I can, I've watched this movie numerous times and I do show, I've showed this to a couple people when they come over. And I like it as it's different. It's t- totally different from what you see and you don't expect it. It is. And I think the acting, I think the acting is really well done in it, and you kind of, kind of get behind it, and you just kind of like watch it. But then after it's finished, there's a lot you can like think about it in different ways and how to think about it. And I, and I like, I like a film that gives you food for thought. And that's what the guest does for me. So, yeah, it was it, it was it was quite interesting how it unraveled. I have to, I liked it. Well, this brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast. Our next M&M featurette will conclude The Orphanage, the Spanish film from 2007, and Personal Shopper from 2017. And, of course, we'll continue our books of screens with Beloved by Toni Morrison and the film from 1998 starring Oprah Winfrey and Danny Glover. And Doctor Who will be continuing with The Daleks' Invasion on Earth, which aired from the 21st of November to the 26th of December, 1964. And Batman the Animated Series will continue with The Joker's Wild, Tiger, Tiger, Moon of the Wolf, and Day of the Samurai. And, of course, our make remake will continue with True Grit from 1969 and the remake from 2010. So it's good night for myself. Good night, David. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. Take care of each other. And we'll see you next time for Book the Screen with The Beloved by Tony Morrison. Good night, folks.
Just a perfect day. Drink sangria in the park, and then later, when it gets dark, we go home. Just a perfect day. Feed animals in the zoo. Then later, a movie too, and then home. Oh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep me hanging on. You just keep. Just a perfect day. Problems all left alone. Weekenders on our own. It's such fun. Just a perfect day. You made me forget myself. I thought I was someone else, someone good. Oh, it's such a perfect day. I'm glad I spent it with you. Oh, such a perfect day. You just keep me hanging on. You just keep me. Just what you saw.